It has been said that anything can happen here at a Third Line Plug Sensecast, but now more than ever, truer words have never been spoken. This is a conscious effort on our part to open the creative envelope, so to speak, in order to entertain you in a more contemporary manner. Although we call ourselves Sense Podcasting Entertainment because of the Sense Podcasting involved, the key word in that phrase is entertainment. The Third Line Plug Sensecast extends far beyond the strict confines of podcast presentation into the wide-open environment of broad-based entertainment. We borrow from such program niches like male soap operas, like professional wrestling, or music videos of those shown on YouTube, cartoons like The Simpsons on Fox, anime like Macross, and other widely accepted forms of entertainment. We at the Third Line Plug Sense Gas feel that you, the audience, are quite frankly tired of having your intelligence insulted. And we also think that you're tired of the same old simplistic theory of Sense fans versus the Sense owner. Surely the era of the third-line plugs who get roster spots due to intangibles is definitely passé. Therefore, we have embarked on a far more innovative and contemporary creative campaign that is far more invigorating than ever before. We are responsible podcast producers that work hard to bring you this wacky, wonderful world known as the third-line plug sensecast. We would like to thank you, the fans, for sticking with us through our first season and for listening to the show. Third Line Plug Sensecast is definitely the cure for the common show. Thank you. In all of my years of sports broadcasting, I have never seen a man quite like this. Standing next to me is the current world champion, the nature boy, Tim Jesse. Woo! Let me tell you something. Woo! I may have been gone for a while, but I have returned to let you know that I am back and intact, Jack. However, since I've been gone, I've been hearing a lot of garbage about this pretty boy quarterback in Massachusetts that people are referring to as the GOAT. Well, grab a seat and take notes, Junior, because the last time I checked, your title reigns only go to five, which means you're still 11 behind me, the true GOAT, the 16-time jet-flying, Rolex-wearing, kiss-stealing, wheeling, dealing son of a gun. Oh, I may not have been born with no silver spoon in my mouth, but I was born with ten Rolexes and a trail of beautiful women on my arm. Before I go, I'd like to issue a challenge to this so-called goat. You and me 
in the ring to settle once and for all who is the true goat. You're going to need all the help you can get. Because once that bell rings, there ain't going to be no spy gate, deflate gate, whatever to save you. The only gate will be at the Civic Memorial Auditorium in Ottawa, Canada for the people to put down their hard-earned cash to see me, the nature boy, Tim Jensen, become the true goat. Woo! Well, I said it before and I'll say it again. The nature boy is anything but humble. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Third Line Plug is War. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensen. Tim, is it hard to believe it's already season two? No kidding, but man, is it good to be back. Oh, it feels so good. So good. So first of all, before we go any further, happy Canadian Thanksgiving, everybody, or as our friends in the United States like to call it, Monday. Columbus Day, to be fair. Oh, okay, so that's why the Sens play the Bruins in the United States today. Yeah. Well, that, and I think that just because of all the weird travel the Bruins have been doing, it gives them a bit of a hand. Yeah, fair enough. So, Tim, I'm really excited that we're back. And because we've got so much to talk about top of the hour, we're going to skip talking about our week, talk about the previous episode, and we're going to head right into it. So... Without further ado, let's segue into this little segment I like to call Top of the Hour. Man, it's hard to believe this. I haven't said that in a long time. Yeah? Yeah. How do I like Top of the Hour? (laughs) It's my favorite. But you know what's not my favorite, Tim, is talking about deaths. Jesus. And this one broke my heart because a 22-year-old hockey player tragically died as a result of a freak accident during a game in Langley, B.C., Noah Trulson was making his way back to the bench attempt- attempting a line change when his skate caught a crack in the ice and lost his balance, smashing his forehead into the top of the boards. The six foot four, two 240-pound defenseman was pronounced dead as a result of his injuries. That's now, as you know, Tim, this is something that... It bugs me more than anything because, as you know, as of this year, I took up hockey as a hobby. And this is sort of my worst fear. Because I've played on shitty ice surfaces, I've played on good ones. My worst fear is hitting a rut or hitting something ice and going over into the boards. Yeah, and that like as they can make it put as much padding on that stuff as you want, but it's gonna hurt. Like even remember years back when uh, Pacioretty went face first into the dasher. Oh yeah, fuck that was bad. It's like, brute, like hockey has the potential for these brutal freak injuries and. Like, just thinking about it, you could be skating one minute and all of a sudden trip and you're dead. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, like, holy. Yeah. So, let's go into the, some more stories. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks have announced they have banned video games on the road due to the Fortnite craze. Bo Horvat stated that Fortnite is a waste of time and that the team is enforcing that on the road. The team will strictly enforce team meals slash dinners and hang out with the guys. Oh, so they have to go to Moxie's now. Pretty much. Now, the one thing I didn't put in this is that the ban itself didn't come from the organization. This came from the players. Well, I mean, maybe they just don't want people T-posing and Fortnite dancing around. But, I don't know, it just, it sounds kind of dumb. 
Yeah, and I mean, what what do they expect? Do they expect us to go back to the 1980s where strippers and cocaine were a thing? Yeah, pretty much. It's If you're playing, like, a game or two on the road, who gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, everybody I know has played Fortnite at least once, and I'm not, like I've said on the show, I'm not super obsessive with the game. I play it, because I have friends who play it, but... I've never played it on my own, and I have no real desire to play it on my own. I'm just like, yeah, it's fun with my friends, but that's as far as I'll go. Actually, I've, I've never actually played Fortnite, so... Yeah, it's not, it's alright. It's, it's it's cartoony, but it's fun. I don't know, like, battle arenas aren't really my thing. Yeah. But it's also just funny where you've got this... you got, like, the Dougie Hamilton Museum thing. Like, Fortnite stuff. It's just like, what exactly is this trying... Like, I... I guess I kind of get the idea that teams should hang out as team, but at the same time, eh. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know what? They're they're young kids, right? They're going to play video games on the road. It's not a big deal. Yeah, these guys are pros, and they've been pros for a while. It's not like they're going to suddenly get a video game addiction. Mm-hmm. Although, I do understand that this band, because... Over the past year, like the World Health Organization has finally recognized video games as an addiction. Because it can be, right? If you have that kind of personality. And there was that story in Major League Baseball with David Price of the Boston Red Sox where I think he had to go to like rehab or he got sent down because he was playing Fortnite so obsessively <laughs> that it started affecting him. Oh, geez. And you and- laugh, but that's a real thing. That really happened. Well, I mean, it's surprising when you think of these people that are just known for, like, insane discipline and training that you'd think that if they're going to get addicted to something, it's going to be chemical. But then again, I guess it's almost like a gambling addiction. Yeah, and I mean, and they're people, right? They're not, yes, they're athletes, but, again, they're humans, right? And some people have that kind of personality that gets them addicted to this stuff. Maybe they just need to drink more water like Tom Brady. Maybe. Let's go into our next story. Now... Everybody has been super critical of the NHL's safety personnel. It's not been a secret. You know, you look at everybody bitching online about suspensions to, is this too much? Is this too little? This was perfect. The Washington Capitals, their forward Tom Wilson, has been suspended 20 games for his blindside hit on St. Louis Blues' Oscar Sundquist. Wilson, who signed a six-year, $31 million contract in the offseason, is a repeat offender and has been suspended multiple times. Yeah, no, it's like, that sort of ghoulish hit should have a big suspension anyway. Like, that was bad. It was bad. But think about it. If this was 10, 15 years ago, that's a clean hit because we were always taught to never go through the trolley tracks, always keep your head up if you've got the puck through the middle. And... Some players aren't doing that, and this is the result, right? Is that people are getting hurt because they're not... They're looking down at the puck, they think they've got it, and somebody hits them. But still, like, you... It, that's kind of victim blaming in a way, because it's like... Sometimes you get a bad pass. Yeah. Like, people shouldn't be headhunting. Yeah, and I'm not saying that Tom Wilson is completely innocent in all of this. This was a dirty hit. Yeah. But, but like I'm saying, right, if this was 10, 15 years ago, that's a clean hit. But nowadays, because the NHL, I guess, have no choice to, they have to take head injuries as a very serious thing. 
that this is a dirty hit and this is suspendable. Well, I mean, this is kind of a similar, like, it didn't result in an injury, thank God, but uh, this is in a similar realm as, like, a Scott Stevens hit. Mm-hmm. Like, this, like, I think even back in the 90s, 2000s, people would have recognized that as a dirty hit. And what was kind of disgusting is seeing Don Cherry go out and say that Wilson shouldn't have got suspended and then going and showing, like, Paul Correa getting absolutely murdered. Yeah, which, that's a, that he should have been suspended for that because Correa didn't have the puck. Yeah. That's and different, it's like, right? It's different, but you still have, like, Don Cherry going and saying, oh, back in the day, this would have been good. Look at what happened to Korea. He didn't do that again. Jesus fucking Christ, Grapes. I know. It's terrible. Like, that's... Like, that's next level. Yeah. Actually, I wanted to point out, because Pan from the Sense Call brought this up on their last episode, that isn't it funny? Two of their stars from the Stanley Cup Finals teams are both suspended 20 games. <laughs> Nate Schmidt and now Tom Wilson. Yeah. The Schmidt one. The Schmidt one's kind of... It's like... I guess we'll never know what actually happened, but still. Yeah. Let's go on to some retirements. Former National Predator Scott Hartnell announced his retirement on Monday morning. Hartnell, drafted 6th overall in 2000 by the National Predators, spent 17 seasons in the NHL with the National Predators, Columbus Blue Jackets, and most notably the Philadelphia Flyers, scoring 327 goals, 380 assists for 707 points in 1,249 games. He'll be missed because he was certainly a character in the NHL. Yeah, and he was fun, honestly. Like, he had quite a bit of skill, but he was still kind of willing to throw the body around, get into the net, score some dirty goals, score some nice ones, and he was just a happy guy, and I'm glad that we got to see him play. Yeah. Well, we would just like to say, Scott, we're really glad to see that you have gotten a new job as the Philadelphia Flyers mascot. <laughs> have we talked? Have we spoken about Gritty yet? I don't think we have. No, no I, I think we did. I think we talked on the last episode, if I'm not mistaken. I might have to go back. We might be wrong on that. But if we haven't... Let's yeah, hear it. Because, like, my favorite thing about Gritty is that within an hour of being on the job, he's casually threatening to murder the Pittsburgh Penguins over Twitter. Yeah. That's a thing now, guys. Yeah. Sleep with what I open, bird. Jesus Christ, Gritty, no. It's <laughs> perfect for Philadelphia, then. Yeah, violent and hairy. Mm-hmm. So he is scarred hot now. I knew it. Damn. So let's go on to our next story. Radim Verbata also announced his retirement on Monday after 16 seasons in the NHL. Drafted 212th overall in 1999 by the Colorado Avalanche. Verbata spent... I don't have how many years he played in it. Oh, 16 seasons. He played for seven teams. Colorado, Carolina, Chicago, Arizona, Tampa Bay, Vancouver, and Florida. Scoring 284 goals, 339 assists for 623 points in 1,057 games. Adam Verbata's always just been one of those guys who you knew was like, he's a solid second-line winger. And that's nothing to sniff at. No. And 16 years in the AHL is a damn good career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good, considering he was drafted 212th overall, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's like sixth round. No, I think that's seventh. I think that's seventh yes, round. Like in the that's late. Yeah, because seventh round gets you to like 210, 220, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I don't think most people were expect like obviously people weren't expecting much out of Verbata, but yeah, he had a good career, spending a good chunk of it in Arizona. Yep, and he had a good year in Vancouver too. First year he was there. Yeah, I always forget they he had more than one year in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But I guess that was kind of as Vancouver was arcing down from their Stanley Cup team in 2011. Yeah, it was in that transitional period between them going to the finals to now. To now. Yeah, it's it's an interest interesting tale of those Vancouver Canucks because they were solid for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's probably the Senators going. I'm surprised the Senators haven't been like consistently crap for a few years, given that the Senators were peaking around the same time, maybe a bit earlier. Mm, no, we were in that odd transition period between the 2007 Cup run and 2012, where we were kind of making the playoffs, but not making the playoffs at the same time. Well, we really haven't bottomed out yet. Nope. Maybe now. I hope not. We don't have that pick. Yeah. But there's hope. There's hope. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to our last retirement. Brian Gionta also announced his retirement. Gionta, drafted 82nd overall in 1998 by the New Jersey Devils, scored 291 goals, 304 assists for 595 points in 1,026 games, over 16 seasons with four teams. New Jersey, Montreal, Buffalo, and Boston. Yeah, I think Gianna's definitely mostly known for his New Jersey years. Yeah, and I mean, he was also known for his lackluster years in Montreal, too. Yeah. Is So, here's a question. Are New Jersey players just destined to be shit once they hit uh, Montreal? Is that just yes. how that happens? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's... But, I don't know, it's just... Definitely a solid player, but yeah, kind of fell off the wagon a bit in Montreal. Didn't do all that much in Buffalo either. No. Speaking again, of Buffalo, though, Tim, the Buffalo Sabres have announced that Jack Eichel will be their new captain, replacing Brian Gionta, who served as captain from 2014 until 2017. Eichel drafted second overall in 2015 by Buffalo, scored 25 goals, 39 assists for 64 points in 67 games last season for Buffalo. I'm not surprised by this. Who else were they going to pick as captain? Who's been there for a decent amount of time? Like, I guess if Ryan O'Reilly hadn't been traded, maybe Ryan O'Reilly. But other than that, yeah, it's going to be Eichel. And then maybe in the future, it will be Dalian. Yeah, but I mean, Eichel is the clear-cut number one as the captain now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just see what, see what they can do. Mm-hmm. The New York Islanders have also named Anders Lee as their new captain, replacing John Tavares. Lee, drafted 152nd overall in 2009 by the Islanders, scored 40 goals, 22 assists, 62 points in 82 games with the Islanders last season. Yeah, that team's going to be awful, though. Yep. Anders Lee is a good player. and Honestly, it's hard because, like, who's even left on that Islanders team other than him and Barzell? Well, I guess there's Jordan Eberle. Yeah, who isn't a bad player. He's good. No. Yeah, well, That's I it. don't know. Not really much to say about that. Nope. Okay, oh. now we got one more piercing being named captain. 
The Montreal Canadiens have named Shea Theodore as their 30th captain, replacing Max Pacioretty, who was traded to Las Vegas this past summer. Goddamn. <laughs> Weber is entering his 14th season in the NHL and his third with Montreal after being traded to the Canadiens for P.K. Subban in 2016. Yeah. I'm not surprised because he's the biggest contract on that team outside of Price, and I don't think teams want to do the goalie captain thing after uh, Vancouver tried after their Stanley Cup run. Yeah. I was never a big... I always kind of thought the goalie captain thing was retarded. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, because you can't... Like, during the play, you can't talk to the ref. So it kind of moots most of the point of the captain. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... I don't know. Montreal is going to be probably going to be pretty shite this year. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. The question is how shite. Like, is it without Carey Price shite or which is a goddamn tire fire or with Carey Price shite, which could be anywhere down near the bottom of the table? Yeah, which is hot garbage. Yeah. So we got one more story to talk about. The Calgary Flames have traded Brent Kulak to the Montreal Canadiens for defensemen Matt Taramana and Ritna Velev. There's not really much to say on this one. It's mostly arranging the, arranging the deck chairs in the bottom six or your AHL team. Yeah. Brett Kulak wasn't fitting it, going to fit in on that Calgary roster, so might as well get something for him. Yeah, and they got something for him at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's something. Yeah, that's all we can pretty much say. Yeah. Well, Tim, I guess that wraps up top of the hour for this episode. Now, it was fun doing that. It was. I can't wait to do this until April. This is going to be great. Now, given that top of the hour is over, we're going to take a real quick break here, and we will return with our second half. To Coming talk right actual back. hockey. Alright Tim, welcome to the War Zone. It's time to talk about the Blackhawks versus the Senators. This was a 4-3 Blackhawks victory. Blackhawk goals were scored by Alex DeBrincat, Jonathan Taze, Brent Seabrook, and Patrick Kane in overtime. Sens goals were scored by Zach Smith, Max Lejoy, and Colin White. 
Shots were 43-25 from the Blackhawks. Overall, an exciting game played by both teams. Ottawa came out flying with a lot of energy and were rewarded with a couple of goals and some good scoring chances. Craig Anderson played great in this game for the Ottawa Senators. Chicago also played a real good game as well, and they were able to capitalize on Ottawa's defensive errors. And they also had great goaltending from Cam Ward, of all people. So let's talk about the first... Let's talk about the big story. Max Lejoie. Max Lejoie. Is it, is it Lejoie or Lejoie? Lejoie. Lejoie? Okay. Yeah. First initial game, one goal, one assist. And one penalty. And one penalty. That's not important here. No. Well, there, it was funny. The TSN guys were joking around. I was like, uh, do we call... Is this like a Gord? Is this the Gordie Howe hat trick light? Yeah. Or yeah. the Mark Howe, as they called it. Yeah, the Mark Howe. But, uh, no, like, Maxwell Joie was fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah, he was one of the best players in the ice for this game. Well, like, just looking how poor, like, he looked like he's played the NA in the NHL for years. Like, mm-hmm. looking at his willingness to jump into the play, his ability to pinch, and just the poise he has with that puck. Goddamn. I know, so good. For me, there was, you know what, there was too many good performances for Ottawa. LeJoy, or LeJean, or whatever you said there, Zach Smith and Craig Anderson, for me, stole the show in this game. They yeah, were awesome. They did play very well. Uh, it's a shame that, that like, Smith lost a goal to a, high, to a marginal high stick. Yeah, but as soon but, as I saw that, I went, I bet you anything that's going against them. Oh, for sure. One thing that was interesting is the blender came out pretty early. Zach Smith was, was pushed out to the wing by Colin White. So you had the Smith White Stone line. I'm a little surprised that the blender came out within the first period of the first game of the per- of their season. Yeah, but I mean they're trying stuff just to see what sticks. Kind of like what they were doing last season at the end of the season when they put Hoffman, Duchesne, and Dezingle together. Mm-hmm. Speedboat Dezingle, he was like he was all over the ice. He had a great performance, but nothing really to show for it. That's true. He did have a couple of really good chances. But the thing is, and this is what I've noticed, especially in the two games we're going to talk about this evening, is that Ryan Dezingle, every time he has the puck, he either tries to shoot it and misses, or somebody deflects it. Yeah. Although, at the same time, once luck starts going his way, you're going to see some numbers come in. And I know this is kind of, this did happen today. Uh, Two goals in the Boston game. I can't wait to talk about that next week. That's going to be so good. Yeah. So I'm not worried about Ryan Dezingle. Yeah. Cody Cece was god-awful. That's what I have. I have it in my notes. I said Shabbat Weidman and LaJoy and DeMello defense pairings looked really good. Borough and Cece. That was expected to be hot garbage, and it was. Yeah, and it's just bad turnovers, questionable pinches. And just a complete inability to break out of the zone, out of the defensive zone. And I, I'm not sure who was more guilty of it tonight, of of it that night. They were uh, both. I don't great. know. They were both pretty questionable. I was very happy with Dylan Demillo, though. Like, let that be known. Yeah, Dylan Demillo has been. Kind of impressing me since he's arrived in Ottawa. And I wasn't really expecting much. I was expecting, okay, you know, maybe a fourth or fifth defenseman. 
But he's really stepped up, and he's looking good. Yeah, I was expecting, like, fourth defenseman, like, see some frosh is a good stuff. Like, to be fair, he hadn't scored a goal in his entire NHL career over two seasons with, uh, two abbreviated seasons with San Jose, but, yeah, I've been, color me impressed. Let's talk about the goaltending duel in that second period, because there were some great saves made by both Craig Anderson and Cam Ward, and that Cam Ward save on Colin White, I watched that and I was like, wow, that's a good save. Yeah. Like, Cam... There were some definite stinkers that Cam Ward let in, but overall, I'd said he he was good. Yeah, and we can't forget about Craig Anderson because Craig Anderson was making save after save. Overall, he looked pretty good because last season, one of the criticisms that I had was that he was unable to secure the posts when guys tried to wrap around, and he was able to secure the post. He was moving good, so. Maybe last season was just a little blimp on the radar, kind of like the the Anderson. What was that the word you used last week? If somebody go Anderson, he goes from like good, bad, good, bad, kind of like that every year. Oh, the Andy pattern. Andy pattern. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm hoping that's true. Although, uh, as we'll see next game, he still can't handle the puck. No. But, well, Tim, uh, I don't have any more notes if you want to go into the next game. Uh, I guess it's interesting because it's like this was a game between two teams that are definitely in flux. Like, with the Blackhawks, you've got 13 players who've been a Hawk for a year or less. Mm-hmm. And the Sens, well, we know, like, the Sens have had quite a bit of turbulence of their own that we've detailed quite extensively. Um, but what was interesting is I just felt that the, the Hawks defense looked kind of weak. Yeah, they looked pretty beaten up and tired. Yeah, but honestly, well, actually, honestly, like, outs, outside of the main line for, uh, the Hawks, they look pretty disoriented and... This is a team that could legitimately be worse than the Senators this year. Boy, when was the last time we were able to ever say that, eh? Yeah, no kidding. Well, Tim, but, given that today is the first episode of Third Line Plug is War, mm-hmm. I gotta say one thing. Tim? Uh-huh. If you want to see me going to talk about this next game, give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah! Okay, Tim, it's time to talk about the first Battle of Ontario of 2018-2019. Sens versus Leafs. This was a... Wait a minute. A 5-3 Senators victory? Are you Am right? I seeing this right? Yeah, wow. <sighs> weren't, weren't we supposed to be massive garbage and they were supposed to be, like, the preordained Stanley Cup champions? Exactly. Sens goals were scored by Hudson Bacho himself, Thomas Shabbat with two, Dylan DeMillo, Mark Stone and Chris Tierney. Lee goals are scored by Mitch Marner, some Austin fellow, and Morgan Riley. Shots were 37-24 for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Dylan DeMillo got Ottawa on the board first with a shot from the point through the five hole. Morgan Riley tied the game at one after receiving the cross-ice pass from Mitch Marner. Matthew scored to give Toronto the 2-1 lead 41 seconds later. 
Thomas Shippot scores it to tie it at two after making a sweet move, deking out the Toronto defense and scoring on his own rebound. Chris Tierney scores to give Ottawa a 3-2 lead after the Sens defense deflected the puck to center where Tierney was able to receive the pass. Mitch Marner scores to tie it after splitting the D and making a nice move to slide it in. Hotsam Bacho himself got his second of the night to make it 4-3 Sens after making a highlight reel move to deke out the least defenseman and put it top shelf. And Mark, Sco Mark Stone scored on the empty netter to make it 5-3 Senators. So this is a game that I only got to watch half of the second and most of the third because I was at my dad's for Thanksgiving. So I did condense watch most of this game. Can I Let's say, can I, can I say one thing? Tim, can you give me a little hot sambacho? Hot sambacho! Oh, baby, Thomas Shabbat. Oh, God, this guy's amazing. Two goals and one assist in this game. But that second goal, oh, God, that was so good. Well, and just... you know what? All the crow that I ate in our fantasy hockey league, because I drafted him. Rip. Yep. Who's laughing now, fuckers? Yeah, no fucking kidding. But let's talk about that goal because he manages to run through Toronto's vaunted best forward group ever, split around a rookie D, and then just nicely put it top shelf. Oh, it was so good. Jim Houston so and his biased ass was speechless. He was just like, oh, yay, they scored. See, if this was Austin Matthews, they'd be circle jerking about it for at least a month. But... Oh my god, the rest of the NHL sat up and took notice. And honestly, Ottawa is so well served by Craig Medallia. Mm -hmm. Just, he drops that gift with a big ol' hot Sam Bacho. Oh, I know, I love that guy. Oh, it's so good. You know it's what, so I like Craig and his MS paint work. I don't care what anybody says, Craig, I like your MS work. MS, MS paint's the way to go, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, you, like, but Tom Shabbat was, he was in all the right places last night. Like, he was basically, whenever he was on the ice, the ice was tilted Ottawa's way. Mm-hmm. And it was noticeable. Yeah. Uh, you know what also was really noticeable, and I didn't really notice it until I watched the condensed version of this game? The Toronto Maple Leafs had a number of scoring chances that didn't even hit the net. Yep. If they had buried at least two, maybe three of those, no way we wouldn't beat them. Oh, for sure. But credit to the non-Cody CC defense lot. Man, poor Cody CC gang. Poor Maxime Lejoie paired with uh, Cody CC gang dragged down. But Ottawa, did, the other Ottawa defensive pairs did a very good job of keeping Toronto to the outside. Yeah, I totally agree. And, like, Dylan DeMello's goal, he just, he got a nice shot on net, abused Toronto's weak defense, and caught and Anderson napping. Yeah, that's all you need, right? And I guess another thing to really note is very good on Guy Boucher to have Ottawa aggressively playing Toronto's D. Yeah, and Toronto's that was something that I noticed, especially after watching the team last year, was something I've really noticed now is that their energy... How they move the puck, they're moving on the power play, is so much better than it was last season. Mm -hmm. They're just being let go. They're playing way more aggressively. And, like, teams that can't cycle the puck, if this Ottawa team starts to get some thunder, those kids start to really shape up. Cody CC gets shot into the sun. 
teams that have weaker defensive cores are gonna have fits with the senators because they're gonna like they're gonna be forechecked hard mm-hmm. and yeah the leafs defense were coughing up pucks for extended periods of time and this is a game where i actually think Corsi didn't do a very like advanced stats didn't really capture it because the senators had the puck for long periods of time but weren't shooting because they were able to cycle because toronto's defense is incompetent while toronto to get their chances they had to, they had to get on the rusher with four like just forward passing they couldn't rely on their defense because as soon as it got to hainsey gardner or, or morgan riley or really any of them there was a forward on them and they were coughing up the puck. Something I wanted to talk about with you, and I know that I saw this on your Twitter, the Bodecker Smith stone line. According to you, this line looks solid. It really did. Zach Smith has actually responded pretty well to, well, I don't want to say he responded well because it could just be natural variation, but we're talking about a line that in a game where the senders mostly led, they were, they had more than 50% of the shots. And, like, this, this is a line that was hard on everything, hard to the net, and generating a lot of good chances. And, yeah, I really liked what I saw out of that line. Yeah, like, and... they were aggressive. Two assists for Zach Smith. One assist for Bodker. And, uh, sorry, I'm blanking on Mark Stone's production. And a goal for Mark Stone. Yeah, it was a goal for Stone. They were playing Yeah, because he scored in the empty net. Yeah. Like, that was good, hard hockey. Like, they are playing good, strong hockey. Mm-hmm. Two other things we've got to talk about. Craig Anderson, once again, looks solid for the Senators. And the Boro CC defense pairing, still hot garbage. Yeah. Good thing we didn't see a lot of them together. Yeah. For most of the evening, it was, uh, it was CC LeJoie. And I felt bad for LeJoie because, like, I liked what he was doing. But Cody Cece doesn't know that the other side of the ice exists. Mm-hmm. And a fun little stat, up until that, up till uh, the end of the game last night, on Saturday night, of the eight goals that had been scored on the Ottawa Senators, Cody Cece was on the ice for five of them. Why am I not surprised about this? Because he's hot freaking garbage. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else... Oh, what do you think of that penalty shot? Which one? So uh, Mitch Marner gets given a penalty shot on it, on a hook by Maxime Lejoie. Was it Lejoie? I think it was Lejoie. But Andy, it's Andy makes the save. Okay, I'm kind of drawing a blank on this, so I'll take your word for it. I'm guessing it was per- nice save. It was. It was kind of a shitty shot, to be honest. Right. Sorry, it was the Dzingle hook, but uh, this—it was such an—it was such a nothing penalty. Mm-hmm. Like the the shot was already gone by the time Dzingle even got a stick on him. And yeah, if you can go back and look at it, it's, it was a nothing call, and it was just really shitty. Yeah, there was a couple of calls in that game where I just watched it like, yeah, those are iffy calls. Yeah, and I think part of that is just playing in toronto's barn but that that penalty shot i thought was egregious overall it was a great road game by the senators i think although the senators got pushed hard in the first period Mm -hmm. i think they did a good job of controlling whatever momentum toronto could have pulled out of that and coming out of the period ahead and then second period it was just 
trading sloppy chances and after that Toronto never really held a lead and I think it was mostly Ottawa the rest of the night so Tim I don't have Uh, any more comments on the game if you have anything you want to talk about on this game uh, I think we won the Carlson trade TM well that's still too early to say that have two goals while the other while Carlson has no goals (laughs) <laughs> I'm still sad. Uh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I've actually... I've been pretty happy... I've actually... I've been very happy with Dylan Domeno, and I've been liking Chris Tierney so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, like, the Shabbat Domeno pairing is good. I know. I mean, it's no Shabbat Carlson, but it'll do. It'll do. Yeah, I'm actually pretty happy for like i think the non-cody cc defense this year is gonna surprise on the upside Mm -hmm. the cody cc defense has managed to find a way to be worse in this small sample and i don't think it's a missampling so tim given how quickly we went through this episode i guess we should talk about how our thanksgiving has been eh yeah sure so you mentioned you're at your dad's right yeah i was at my dad's on saturday had dinner at their place, had dinner at my mom's place last night, and... Hold, hold the phone. Two Thanksgivings? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Crazy. I know. I wore my extra loose pants for nothing. Nothing! Damn. No, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. I did wear my lo- extra loose pants for something. Eating turkey? All of it. Wow. So I, I can tell you a quick story because... Everybody at my dad's dinner had, like, one plate, okay? Uh-huh. I had two. Oh. They all looked at me like, oh, my God, like, really? And there are two even my, Yeah, even my brother's dad looks at me, and he goes, you're not going to eat that. And I just went, who you totally underestimate me. <laughs> you do not this power. Yeah, I know what I'm about. Yeah, and, uh... <laughs> Yeah, so today I made dinner. How did that go? Uh, pretty good, actually. Uh, it turned out really well. I, I made one error where I discarded the skin instead of keeping it on. Uh, but other than that, I think it turned out pretty well. So I've been cooking since about 11 a.m. Okay. Uh, I started with uh, just, I made homemade apple cider. I did see that. Yeah, so I cut up. 10 apples, threw it in a stock pot, threw in some cinnamon, allspice, and the, sh- the recipe called for more sugar, but I call- put in half the sugar it asked for. Uh, yeah, and then after I melted it down, after I boiled it down, instead of uh, taking out the apples, I used an immersion blender to blend it up so there was some pulp. That it became apple pulp. Nice. How did it taste? Uh, it tastes quite good, and it's got a nice thickness to it. Okay. The thing is, and I was going to bring this up because you mentioned that you put half the sugar in it. Did it affect the taste at all? Uh, I can't imagine what full sugar would have been like. I think it would have been much more sweet than it would have been. Well, it have been, like, this is already pretty sweet as it is. So that would have been, like, too much even for me. And, like, I'll eat a bag of candy like nothing. Yeah, I saw that in Calgary. <laughs> but then again, so did I, so I can't really complain. Yeah, no kidding. 
That was uh, the one thing about those off-season episodes. I can't remember which one I was editing, and I was listening back, and all you hear is... It was me, like, unwrapping and eating stuff while we were talking. Yeah, or, like, I had that bag of M&M's. Yeah. Although I think, like, you were saying when I accidentally left the recording on, it was, like, all it was was, like, Tay, where'd I put my M&M's? I don't know. Yeah, I should have kept that as an Easter egg. Yeah, just hide that in there. Riveting podcasting. Oh, totally riveting. Might win an mm-hmm. award. Oh, baby. Yeah, and then I made, uh, yeah, a turkey bust roast with stuffing and uh, some mashed potatoes. Nice. Yeah, and it all came out pretty well, and uh, we're sitting eating by five. Oh, that's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, other than that, it, uh, Thanksgiving is pretty uneventful. After the Toronto game, I went and played Mahjong with some friends. Right on. Uh, some might, like, uh, I was playing at the no money table. Okay. Although the money table was $3. What was the, was, did you just throw three bucks in the pot? It was, yeah, $3 buy-in. What was the pot at? $12. Because Mahjong is, uh, it's a four-player game. Ah, okay, that it's, makes sense. Yeah, it's Chinese opium gambling. So basically what you're doing is you're pulling tiles to make hands. So it's kind of like poker, but it's more similar to Rummy. Hmm. Yeah, and it was funny because uh, at the other table, you just hear like some of my buddies yelling at e- making fun of each other in Chinese. And then at our table, it was me, just me being an asshole. Well, I mean, I can't really say anything about that, Tim. Yeah. Well, I remember one time, uh, so... What happens is you're drawing and discarding a tile every turn. Right. But instead of drawing, you you can steal a tile that someone else discards if it fills something in your hand. And, like, I'm taunting Chelsea. It's like, oh, come on, drop something. Give it to me. Give me something good. Give me. Come on, come on, come on. She drops something. I'm like, oh, I can actually take that. Yoik. <laughs> and everyone's like, Jesus Christ, this is what a relationship looks like. <laughs> well, I mean, you never made Chelsea cry. No. Like Shavala on that one time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Are we talking about... Are we really dragging up 7th grade bullshit? That was ninth. That was ninth grade. Shavala was even in her ninth grade class. Yes, she, she was. She got to Brentwood. No, Siobhan was in her ninth grade class. No, she wasn't. She was at Brentwood. No, she was in her ninth class. I will bring the picture up, Tim, if I have to. I have it in my drawer. Yeah, bring it up, motherfucker. Yeah, I will. Just give me a second here. Here... I can hear you laughing. Shut up. <laughs> Just because I know I'm right. You're not fucking right. I have that picture here somewhere, Tim. I'm going to find it. Ah, here it is. Alright, so just to prove it to you, I'll take the snap of Siobhan in the picture and I'll show you. Alrighty. You see, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I have to deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> and if I don't act, if she's not actually in the photo, you'll be hearing about it next week. Are right, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Give me a second. Do 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 do
Yeah, that's our ninth grade picture I just sent you. That's not Siobhan. That is Siobhan. That is not. Yes, it is. I will fight you. Bring it. All right. Well, Tim, I guess we better close out this episode for another night before a fight really does break out. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Third Line Plug as War. I hope you enjoyed it because, believe me, Tim and I love recording them for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. We are on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash ThirdLinePlugSenseCast. And because our pod Dave made the mention, we're on Google Play Music. You can find us on Twitter at ThirdLinePlug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at M901 M901 Honey Badger, and I'm at Greatway Gipster, G-R-8-W-A-T-E Gipster. If you want to shoot us an email to talk about whether Siobhan really is in that picture, shoot us an email, thirdlineplugsensecast at gmail.com. So, Tim, how many games do we got to talk about next week? That's a good question. At least one. Well, one for sure. Then I guess... You don't have this written down, do you? No. I don't either. So I don't even get to chirp you there. Don't worry, I'm going to look it up right now, everybody. <laughs> okay, so for this coming week, we've got the Sens versus the Bruins, Flyers versus Senators, and the Kings versus the Senators. Another matinee? Jesus. I know. It's bizarre. Until next time, guys, I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this has been Tim Jensen. Mel McGowan. Boom. Have a good night, guys. So long, my time here is up. They're going home!